What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. How do you want to feel in your new home? How do you want your new home to make you feel? But then also be open for a little bit of magic to come your way. And then be grateful for the home you already have. You know, when we're grateful for what we have already, it actually helps us attract what we want. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, I'm thrilled to share again my chat with spirit daughter Jill Winterstein in this best of conversation. Jill is a spiritual teacher and founder of Spirit Daughter, an astrology and wellness brand. I personally turned to Spirit Daughter for their beautiful crystals, moon workbooks, gratitude journals, and manifestation cards. All of these products are part of my daily, weekly, or monthly spiritual practice. Although we recorded this episode at the top of 2022, I wanted to share it again because Jill offers evergreen advice on how to manifest a home, why setting our vibration first thing in the morning with a gratitude practice can change our entire day, and specific crystals that can help support us in our homes, offering protection, abundance, and prosperity. It is a wonderful conversation. I'm such a big fan of Jill's work. So, Please enjoy this best of conversation with Jill Winterstein, a.k.a. Spirit Daughter. So what was the spark for you starting Spirit Daughter? The spark for me starting Spirit Daughter, I was teaching yoga in Los Angeles and I was running around like crazy, spending lots of time in the car. And I had a great private practice and I was incorporating all kinds of different things into my private practice. And I started doing new moon circles and I saw that people were really interested in, you know, new moon rituals, new moon intention setting. And then I also wanted to figure out a way to create a business that got me out of the car (laughs) and 
wasn't reliant on, you know, hours a week that I was working or billing for kind of thing. And then, you know, kind of struck me that people were very interested in the new moon and I wanted to create journals and workbooks for them no matter where they were that were not dependent upon me physically being there. So I wanted to create something that could reach thousands and thousands of people far beyond my time or what I could be present for in a way that gave them this magic that we were finding in these new moon circles and made it accessible to them wherever they were, wherever they found themselves. Okay, so we are in Capricorn season, and we just had the first new moon on January 2nd. Can you talk about why this is exciting at the top of the new year? Well, it's great timing. I always really like the Capricorn new moon around around New Year's. So we're very lucky. We're starting out 2022 with a little luck on our side as far as the new moon goes. So the new moon is a wonderful time to set intentions. And the Capricorn new moon is very potent just because Capricorn's a more serious energy. There's a little seriousness there. It allows us to really go inward, to focus on what's important to us, and also to decide which disciplines or practices or tools we are going to commit ourselves to. So it's a really great new moon to not necessarily like, I'm into intentions. I'm not into resolutions, especially at this time of year. I feel like resolutions just kind of set us up for failure. Intentions are malleable and they change and they shift. With intentions, we're creating like a bubble, like a lifestyle, like an energy, how we want to feel. And, you know, and then that gives some some space for things we haven't thought of, for the universe to kind of come in and intervene, where resolutions are like cut, you know, they're in stones. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. So in any event, you know, we're setting intentions But it's also a great time to just say, okay, I want to feel this way and I'm going to commit to a daily meditation practice. I'm going to commit to daily journaling for the next, you know, 29 days of this lunar cycle and maybe the rest of the year, see how it goes. So, you know, Capricorn really brings us that energy of commitment and focus. Where do you want to focus your energy? What is worth your time? Capricorn reminds us that we have limited time. We have limited resources, We have to choose wisely where we're putting our attention. So it's a time to really decide what's worth your focus. And if we focus on how we want to feel, then what will help support that feeling? And I think I read in one of your workbooks that you were recommending, you feel like it's helpful to work in the first hour of the morning. First thing in the morning, it's really about setting your vibration for the day so that when you go about your world, you're attracting all the things that you need that will help you manifest your intentions, that will bring you the lessons, will bring you the serendipity, will bring you the signs. You're tuned into your intuition. I love to start out my morning with gratitude, and I find that even just a short gratitude practice changes the entire day, changes the entire feel of the day. It changes everything. And you can do a gratitude practice anytime during the day, of course. You can do it at noon. You can do it at night. But there's something magical about doing it first thing in the morning because it's like putting on makeup, right? It's like your spiritual makeup. You look in the mirror and you're like, okay, I want to look this way today, right? And when you do these morning practices, I want to feel this way. I want to emit this energy. This is how I'm setting my frequency for the day. And that can change and shift your entire day and, and make it magical, in my opinion. 
Do people come to you and ask for ways or ideas on how to set up spaces in their homes to support, say, like a morning ritual, to support the energy they want to feel in their home? They do. The intentions they want to set. What do you suggest people do or add to their home? What are like some of the things in your toolkits? I think it's important to have a meditation space that may be a room that may not be a room where you have a cushion. I think it's very important to have a cushion you like to sit on. Even if you have to buy 10 meditation cushions like I did to find the right one, it's very important to your practice to have a cushion somewhere. And I know people who have their meditation cushions in their closets because they just feel good in that space. So you want a space where you feel good, you feel safe. It can be yours in some way. Even if it's a corner of your bedroom or your living room, you want a space and a space where you can have your meditation cushion out all the time. Because if your meditation cushion is out all the time, you will sit on it. It's just like my yoga mat. If my yoga mat is not in the middle of the floor, I don't do yoga, but if it's, it's actually under a rug now (laughs) in the family room and it has a rug over it, but I know there's something psychological. I know that yoga mat is out. And so I do yoga and the meditation cushion is the same way. Like when it's out, it's like psychological. You just, you, you just go sit on it. If you have to pull that cushion out of the closet or somewhere and set it up every day, I guarantee you're going to meditate less. Yeah. You want a space where you can have your meditation cushion, a space that's yours, uh, that you know you feel good in. And then, you know, everything else to me is extra. I, of course, like to have crystals by my side when I meditate. I have a few crystals I really, really love to meditate with. I always suggest meditating with Lemurian. Uh, That's a wonderful crystal to meditate with, but it really depends on what you're going for. And again, it kind of goes back to setting that frequency for the day. So if you are, you know, trying to cultivate more compassion in your life, meditate with a rose quartz palm stone. If you're trying to access your intuition, meditate with moonstone palm stone or a moonstone sphere. And that's a lot of times, you know, when I tell people uh, what the crystals are good for, It is to help guide them in choosing a crystal for meditation. I like to meditate with a shungite sphere near me because shungite is a very protecting stone or obsidian. And so that just puts this, you know, energetic protection around me when I'm meditating. Obsidian shungite are great to have in the front of your house near your doorway or by your front gate because they're very protecting. They help to protect the space. Jade is also wonderful for that. Jade, it's not so protecting, but it brings in abundance and it brings in prosperity. So jade is a wonderful stone to have at the front entrance of your home. So there's a lot of that. But then also just back to the meditation space, just having everything readily available. I remember my old house, I had a corner of a room for my meditation cushion and I had a basket. Now I have a nice shelf, but I had a basket and in the basket were my journals and my favorite crystals. And I could put it like away, but the basket was always next to the meditation cushion. And then when I sat down, I would like set it up how I felt for the day. But it's just having things like readily available. I like your basket idea for some people who might have a smaller space and can't have a permanent altar set up. Right. I have like a movable tray. Yeah. You know, I kind of take it with me. That's great. So I've had different setups and different spaces, you know, over the years. And I just found the most important thing is to have a space, 
whether it's the corner of a room or a room, you know, or if you're you live in warm weather, your deck, you know, just where your stuff is, where it always is, where it lives. Yeah. You don't want to be putting it away. And I do love these practices early in the morning. And so there's something about, you know, 6 a.m. If you just have to get out of bed and you go plop down on your meditation cushion, it's just accessible. Do you have anyone come to you and say they want to manifest a new home or a new space? Oh, yeah. To live? What do you suggest with that? I think that's great. (laughs) I've manifested a few homes that way Mm -hmm. on a new moon. You know, I suggest if you want to call in a space, you you do it on the new moon. There's certain new moons that are best for that, like Taurus, the new moon of Taurus, the new moon in Cancer. Uh, they're really beneficial in new moons to call in a new home. And then, you know, see yourself there, write the vision, see yourself in detail, be very detailed about what you want to call in, be very precise in your manifestation of what you want, actually see yourself living there, feel it. You want to feel that it's already happened. That's the key, big key of manifesting. And then in the same breath, you also want to be open to the possibilities of something you haven't imagined also coming your way. Mm. So you want to be as detailed as possible, but then also a little flexible and trusting. Mm -hmm. It's a fine line to walk. You want to get very detailed, but not controlling. You want to allow for a little serendipity. And you always want to come back to feeling, right? How do you want to feel in your new home? How do you want your new home to make you feel? What what are the key aspects here? What side is the light coming in from? You know, what kind of spaces do you want? What color counters do you see? But then also be open for a little bit of magic to come your way. And then also be grateful for the home you already have. You know, when we're grateful for what we have already, it actually helps us attract what we want. Did you use this process for finding the place where you live now? I did. I did. You did? Yeah. Did it show up in the way you were dreaming it to be? It did. It did show up in the way I was dreaming to be. We did have a heck of a time actually going through the purchase and just dealing with that part of it. And there was a moment where I let it all go. And I just said, maybe this isn't the house for us. And I'm just going to release it. And we canceled escrow and everything. And days after I had my son, I had just given birth, just like let it go. And then it all came back together as things do. That's so cool. But I was willing to like walk away from it, which is key. That's hard. Yeah, hard. (laughs) But I was willing to like follow sort of the external guidance that I was getting. Yeah. And internal guidance. Yeah. Through your work, do you have the ability to say, look at 2022 and... I don't want to say the word predict, but that's the only word I can think of. Like predict how things are going to go. Predict how just what's happening, whether it's like the housing market, speaking of houses and the challenges of buying a house or (laughs) the vibe of the year. We do have a really interesting shift happening at the midpoint, about mid-January, January January 18th, uh, where the nodes are changing, the lunar nodes. And the lunar nodes govern the energy that society is. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Is leaving behind and what society is embracing. And so they really can turn our attention. And the North Node is moving from Gemini to Taurus. And the South Node is moving from Sagittarius to Scorpio. So the South Node is what we're leaving behind. And the North Node is what we're embracing. And with the North Node moving into Taurus, I think there's going to be a real emphasis on connecting with nature I could say that, you know, I do feel that people, there's going to be an emphasis on taking trips that connect you more with nature more than anything. You know, like we might see a resurgence, like lots of camping type stuff or just, there's also, I think, going to be an emphasis on really helping the planet. I mean, I've been saying this since Uranus went into Taurus, which was a couple of years ago. We're really going to see people trying to figure out how to use technology to help the planet. And I think that kind of even started with just, you know, how everybody has been working from home and we're using Zoom instead of getting in our cars and driving places for interviews. There's just this emphasis on using technology and innovating in a way that helps save our planet. And I think we're going to see that ramped up a lot in 2022 because of the North Node moving into Taurus. Uranus is still in Taurus. That's the energy. Uranus helps us think forward, helps us break through old molds, helps us create new paradigms, helps us shift in everything. We're probably going to see more people migrating out of the city into more rural areas because A, they can, right? Because now they have technology that can connect. We're not so dependent on living in cities anymore, which is, you know, the silver lining of all the remote working that's had to occur the past couple of years. And I think we'll just continue to see people's just urge, this longing to be with nature. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you have that urge to move out to nature, move away from? Yeah, I think about moving all the time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, hi, sounds great. (laughs) Sure does. 
LA is an interesting city. I've always thought, uh, just because you get that you get a lot of nature. I grew up in Philly and I've spent a lot of time, you know, in, in New York and DC and the West coast city, San Francisco and LA are just different. So you do get that nature. I love hiking and I love the mountains, but I love the ocean. Like I'm an ocean mm. girl. I love walking down to the water's edge and sitting down and meditating with the waves. And you can do that in LA, which is great. Right. Some people feel really called to go hiking and camping and spending time connecting with nature that way. I'm an ocean girl. I love the ocean. You're an ocean girl. I'm yeah. a woods girl. I am a camping woods girl. I love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> You said you grew up in Philly. Right. Mm -hmm. How is your home now and how you live and what you bring into your home different than how you grew up? Well, we didn't have any crystals in my home when I growing up. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> no. I have tons of crystals now. I started bringing crystals into my home when I was like 16. You know, I got into all of this. I probably grew up in a very sort of typical East Coast home. How did you get into astrology at 16? I just was very interested in human consciousness and understanding why we were the way we were. I was a pretty far out kid. Even at like 12, I was asking like, why are we here? What's the meaning of life? That kind of stuff. I was very into all those things and I was into psychology and I was into crystals and I would spend a lot of my free time in mystic bookstores with like these ladies who own the store and would just talk to you forever. <laughs> I learned about astrology that way. And I was very into crystals, like essential oils, astrology, hippie skirts that my mom would tell me I look like Stevie Nicks. <laughs> I was into the Grateful Dead. You know, I was a total hippie girl. You know, it's like just into that. Yeah. It's just what called me. By the way, Stevie Nicks, it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just found me, I feel like. That all found me. You just embraced it. I embraced it. Hmm. Now, if someone is new to all of this and wants to explore perhaps bringing a new energy to their home and creating a different intention in their personal space, mm -hmm. you know, if someone's like so many crystals out there and the sound bowls and the meditation mat, yet I'm interested and I want to start to create good energy in my home. Yeah. Where do you suggest people start? I would say, you know, a meditation cushion. If you're going to meditate, like I said before, um, you know, I don't think people should go out and buy like 10 crystals because then you don't know which one you like or which one is affecting you or which one's working for you. And, and it can be overwhelming to bring in a bunch of new crystals into your space. And they like talk to each other. And mm -hmm. I knew somebody, she couldn't sleep. And I was like, well, how many crystals do you have in your bedroom? She's like, oh, I have like 20. I'm like, have one. <laughs> like they're talking to each other and they're keeping you up, you know, like it's too much yeah. energy. You can have too many crystals, says the oh. woman who's staring at an office full of like 50. Yeah. <laughs> they're in my office. They're not in my home. And I do have a lot of crystals in my home, but they're very strategically placed. And I like to stick with citrine. And when you have like the same crystal, you can set up 
squares or diamonds and you know at different points of your home so that it's kind of all connected like if you're going to have more than one crystal in your bedroom have three amethysts and create like an amethyst triangle mm. you know one on each bed stand and then like one on a console in front of your bed and why amethyst in the bedroom amethyst is very calming and it helps you remember your dreams it calms the nervous system, so it helps you sleep. And then it also can help call in information through your dreams. Mm, I love it. Yeah. You were talking before how technology and how we use it in the new year is going to be popping up. Mm -hmm. And thinking about this, how so many people now work from home. Right. And create workspaces at home. Right. A lot of people, including myself, set up a desk Back in 2020, just thinking I'm going to be here for a little bit and I'm still at this, you know, little table desk, whatever. Right. <laughs> so what do you suggest for people who are working from home and want to set up like an optimal space that's going to support them and give them the energy to be able to focus even though they're in their home? Right. I always suggest having shungite or obsidian by your workspace. That helps you focus. Those are crystals or even black tourmaline. I have a black tourmaline right here. They do help you focus. They also help deflect EMFs. Not proven by science, but, you know, hippie science. Yeah. If it works, why not try it? And they do help you focus. As far as like positioning, I think it's good to like not be facing a wall in your workspace. Like I feel like so many people set up their workspace and they're like facing a wall. And then you kind of feel like what's happening behind you. Yeah. Especially you don't want your back to a door, especially in your home. because You just feel like people are just going to run in. I think it's always great to have your desk facing outward. Mm. You know, preferably if you can have a view, right? So you're not up against the wall and you're facing the center of the room. And hopefully on the other side of the room, there's a window that brings you some inspiration. Yeah. Maybe it's a tree. Maybe it's the ocean. Maybe it's, you know, just like your favorite plant. But just have some inspiration. Have some nature. Again, bringing back that nature. Incorporate nature into your world. Can everybody have an expansive view? Probably not, but you know, try and make it as expansive for you as possible. And then yeah, do have some key crystals at your desk. I also love having like crystals that I can hold in my hand and just play with. You know, I write all the time. Like I have this like tiny Lemurian pocket crystal that I'm just uh, constantly in my hand. And so I'm getting the energy. Lemurians are great. They bring you knowledge. They have these keys on them. And when you activate the keys, it unlocks this knowledge that's placed in there by the ancient Lemurian society. You know, you can play with it and you unlock knowledge, but it also just gives you something to kind of focus on. When we give our hands something to do, it just helps our brain focus. Yeah. Do you have ways that you decorate and design your home to support this passion? In addition to the crystals that you mentioned that you have in your home, are there other ways that you set your space up? Yeah, I do. I mean, the crystals are key. That's probably what I focus on the most. There's like a relationship corner in the house, which is the furthest right corner upon entry. So rose quartz is excellent to place there. There's like an abundance prosperity corner, which is the furthest left corner. Uh, so citrine jade is wonderful to place there. Every home I looked at, like, where's the staircase? Is it in the middle of the house? Because that's not great. How's the energy flowing? That was huge for me. 
Uh, where are the bathrooms? What's going on there? Is, you know, the bathrooms in a key place or they're like, you know, what needs to be done there? And just, you know, it's just a feeling. And then I live on like a very quiet street. You know, I think the outside, like the energy happening around you is really important too. Like where, you know, are there cars rushing by? Where are the power lines? And so I was very particular when choosing a home to look at all kinds of stuff, like how quiet is it inside, you know, and then setting it up with crystals and then just, you know, setting it up in a way that supports the natural flow of energy in the home. So this is feng shui that you're working with? Yeah, I do know some feng shui. So some of that, especially like the staircase in the middle of the home, big no-no. Uh, really? Well, you don't want the staircase to be directly in front of the front door and then go up because then when, you, you know, everything that's coming in the front door, all the energy just goes up and out the house. Yeah. But I'm by no means a feng shui expert. I've consulted with quite a few though. And, you know, I do believe in that. And I do just believe in energy flow, like every space has an energetic flow. And, I, you know, and I think that plants are key too. I think plants are just as important as crystals. And where they're placed in your home and how they can support you and the energy flow in your home and what's planted outside your home too. Like what are you, when you're doing your dishes, what are you looking at Yeah, outside your window? Because most kitchens have a, a window, you know, by the sink. Like what's, what's out there? What are you looking at? And it's kind of paying attention to all those little things that sometimes we're unconscious of, but it matters so much. Like how often do you do dishes every day? Like what are you looking at when you're doing dishes? Yeah. Where do you suggest people put their indoor plants? I mean, I think it depends on the home, like how the home is structured. But definitely like certain corners just kind of like suck all the energy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or energy gets like stagnant there. Like, you know, the corners of the home can really like accumulate energy or it just doesn't move. So having plants in corners, especially like tall ones that are like, you know, maybe kind of spiky or bushy that can like really deflect energy and, and spread it outwards Ooh, okay. is good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because the corners... They just hold things, you know, you want to have this like nice energy flow or just feels like the energy can just like move in and out of every space easily and not get stuck somewhere. If it's getting stuck somewhere, you need like a crystal to deflect it or a plant. When you've moved into your homes, do you usually go through the home before you actually move in and light some kind of herbs to clear the air? Do you do that? I do yeah. that. I also use is a space clearing spray, which I love, which is an essential oil mixture. Mm -hmm. That's what I use, which I love. And I feel like just does a great job. The dried herb bundles, I haven't used them in a long time. I'll use them sometimes during like a new moon circle, maybe full moon circle. But I remember my son, just when he was a little baby, he did not like them. Like anything I burned, if it was like dried lavender, dried rosemary, because there's so many herbs you can burn that are sustainable because a lot of them aren't anymore. Yeah. And there are herbs that I, you know, will burn that are sustainable, but my son just 
he would he would wake up like I would be trying to do some kind of ritual morning ritual thing and he was a baby he was like four months old and he would just wake up and I'm like okay no no more burning anything yeah <laughs> don't want to wake up the baby <laughs> it's not worth it I kind of switched exclusively to the space clearing spray what's it cleaning out negative energy negative vibrations mm. stuff you bring into your home you know, maybe you were in a bad mood or it's like somebody else's stuff. Maybe somebody yelled at you uh, while you were driving home because you, yeah. you know, didn't use your turn signal or you did, but they just, you know, felt like giving you a hard time. You get like that energy on you or maybe you got into a bad mood somewhere, you know, along the way, maybe shopping for groceries and somebody drove you crazy. You was standing in front of you or, you know, and you just, you bring that stuff home. You bring it home and it's great to clear yourself of that and rid yourself of that before you even step in your home. But we don't always do that. We get home, we throw down our keys, you know, we sit down on our couch or go into our kitchen and it's like that energy, it ends up in your house. That's one of the things that's great to do when doing like a meditation practice at night. Mm. I do it in the morning too. Like I have all these different sprays, they're on the site. But I have like pure love, let go. I love them grounding. So I'll use those in the morning to help mm. set my vibration. But I'll also use them in the evening, especially like the space clearing and the let go. Sounds like maybe people could also use those around their workspaces at home. For people who work at home, that probably could be nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. For like the protection. And not that there's like something trying to get us. But just, you know, to set up that shield around you that helps you focus. Yeah. That really helps deflect other energy coming in and, and distracting you. That's really important for a workspace, especially at home. Yeah. My office isn't at home. There's no way I could work at home. Uh-huh. You know, but there's so much at home to distract people. So you mentioned that in the left corner of homes is the abundance part of our homes. Right. And then the career sector of our homes, is that the front center? Yeah, that is the front center because that's your reputation. Do you have anything in your front center area to support this for you? Or what do you suggest for people? I mean, I think it depends on what your career is, you know? Right. So, you know, something like for me, I mean, the front center of my house is my door. So it's a little, little difficult. But just off, I have like a huge Lemurian. Ooh. For me, my career is all about receiving cosmic universal knowledge and then giving it back to people in a way that they can understand and utilize in their life. So for me, like a large Lemurian is one of the best things I can have. Yeah. So I also have a picture of Hurawali, which is a island in the Maldives where I want, <laughs> I'd like my career to take mm, me. <laughs> wow. I love it. So I just have a few more questions for you. What do you hold as the most valuable in your home? Probably my large citrine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the people, we have some great pictures we love. Yeah. You know, like my kids keepsake stuff, you know, those kind of things. So his crystals are great. His crystals are really special because I've curated them for him in his room and they're placed at strategic places and they've been with him his whole life. Oh, that's sweet. You know, he's clean energy coming into the world. So I wanted to maintain that, you know. Yeah. How do you feel like your home is a reflection of your identity? Well, there's lots of crystals. <laughs> there's lots of citrine. It's also very blue. 
So it really reflects my love of the ocean. Hmm. My house is like ocean. Okay. Like you go in and you feel like you're in the ocean. It's just everything's shades of blue. <laughs> so yeah, you can definitely tell we're ocean people. Like you could just walk in the home and you know those things about us. You know, we like to sail. We like the ocean. We like crystals. Obviously, somebody likes to meditate because there's an entire room dedicated to meditation. Mm, yeah. And, you know, meditation supplies and rituals. So, I mean, if somebody just walked in, you could tell that there's a spiritual person living there who liked the ocean. I love it. My final question to you is what does being home mean to you? I mean, I think a home is a place to connect with your heart and connect with people who open your heart. And it's a place to really feel safe and protected from the world where you can settle your energy and feel the things that are most important to you. Yeah, that's good stuff. My answer. Final answer. I love it. (laughs) That's your final answer. Uh, Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So much fun. Absolutely. It's been delightful. For more information on Jill, visit her website, spiritdaughter.com, where you can find all her products, tools for magic, and information on other services and workshops she offers. And be sure to follow her on Instagram at spiritdaughter. There, you can find out everything that's going on in real time with Jill Winterstein. She pops into her stories often to share advice and wisdom on what's happening in astrology. Also, head to our show notes for direct links to Jill's work and for ideas on other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with channeler Natalie Miles, feng shui expert Kate McKinnon, and Hawaiian high seer Kimo Kipano. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Med, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. 